is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, the under-recognition of PTSD. Not in soldiers or first responders, but in children. Unfortunately, that by the age of 16, two-thirds of all youth in the United States have probably been exposed to some kind of life-threatening traumatic event. Children and the lasting scars of trauma when Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show. Here's a preview of what they're covering on Viewpoints this week. This week on Viewpoints. If you're unfaithful, it's a death sentence, and it'll be your father or your brother or your son that kills you. The Andrangheta, Italy's most powerful mafia no one's ever heard of. Then. How educators can teach students to cut through fake news. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Viewpoints on your favorite radio station, iTunes, and Stitcher. More than 5 million adults in the United States develop post-traumatic stress disorder during the course of a given year. Doctors consider PTSD a treatable chronic condition. However, most people diagnosed never fully recover. PTSD can be a lifelong battle, and it's especially tragic when it all starts in childhood. Unfortunately, that by the age of 16, two-thirds of all youth in the United States have probably been exposed to some kind of life-threatening traumatic event. That's Dr. Michael Scaringa, professor of child psychiatry and associate professor of clinical pediatrics at the Tulane University School of Medicine. He's also the author of They'll Never Be the Same, A Parent's Guide to PTSD in Youth. Scaringa says in the past, mental health professionals have been reluctant to believe that children are affected by PTSD. They may think children are too young to remember shocking events. Scaringa says that's not true. Three years of age is the youngest case that I've seen, and there may be one case I've seen in the literature of even a two-year-old, but three years of age appears to be the time when they can consistently develop it. And experts say there are plenty of reasons children can develop PTSD at an early age. Motor vehicle accidents, witnessing domestic violence, physical abuse, sexual abuse. For younger children, it can be attacks by dogs and larger animals. And then, of course, there's the things that happen like school shootings and natural disasters that we hear about in the news. What other kinds of events can trigger PTSD? Psychologists worry that the thousands of migrant children being suddenly separated from their parents at our southern border until a few weeks ago may also suffer lifelong symptoms. Those kinds of events are extraordinary and not the same thing as stress. There's stress and then there's trauma. Trauma that tends to lead to PTSD are the big life-threatening things that I mentioned earlier. And these are things that are usually sudden, unexpected, And the person feels a moment of panic for their life. But there's all sorts of other things in life that are stressful, like parents getting divorced, moving to a new school, watching violence on TV. And those do not tend to cause PTSD. They can cause other things like adjustment reactions or depression or or anxieties but not PTSD. Although studies have identified at least 20 symptoms for PTSD, the diagnosis can be difficult to pin down. That's especially true for younger children who may have a hard time verbalizing their symptoms. Children might play out their trauma instead, and parents may identify symptoms in their play. 
Skaringa says many symptoms of PTSD are also hidden, which makes it even more difficult to observe. I think there's three pretty good reasons for that. One of them is the avoidance issue. People don't want to talk about trauma. It's embarrassing or just painful to remember. And that goes for clinicians, too. Clinicians don't always like making their patients upset, and they don't want to bring it up. A second reason is a lot of these PTSD symptoms are what we call internalized. There are thoughts or feelings that are inside a person's brain, and someone on the outside can't see that. It's not like, say, hyperactivity for attention deficit children where you can see that and know it. I've probably seen as many kids with PTSD as anybody, hundreds of them. And what I tell people is I can't tell somebody has PTSD just by looking at them. And then a third reason is that it's complicated. Like I said, there's 20 different symptoms. With a disorder so complicated, Skaringa says even clinicians who consider themselves experts often miss the diagnosis. Sometimes doctors inappropriately blame parents for their children's problems, which can lead to the wrong treatment. But while PTSD is hard to come back from, it's not impossible. Studies have shown treatment helps about 75% of people who see substantial improvement in their PTSD symptoms. Skaringa urges parents who notice symptoms to wait no more than one month to seek professional help for their child. Treatment's an important issue for parents to know about because there are what we call evidence-based treatments that have been proven in research studies to work very well for PTSD. But there's also a problem that we know most of the clinicians out there don't use evidence-based treatments for a variety of reasons. The most common one is what we call cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. And that's kind of a protocol-driven series of about 10 to 15 weekly sessions where children are taught new relaxation skills like muscle relaxation and deep breathing. And then in the therapy sessions, they are systematically kind of led to think about their traumatic experience again so that it makes them anxious on purpose a bit. And they use their new coping skills to get mastery over those feelings. And that's the kind of therapy that parents should be looking for. PTSD has become well known in our culture, but that doesn't mean it's well understood. PTSD is far from simple and has many complexities. In order for symptoms to improve, experts suggest treating PTSD like any other chronic condition. On the one hand, people have to understand that this is like dealing with diabetes or chronic back pain. It's a chronic condition, and it's not just going to go away on its own. And we've had people say that to us in the treatment. They say, I'm never going to be the same, and I know it, and I just have to deal with the new normal. But on the other hand, there is hope. We do have treatments that make things better. Despite Skaringa's book title, They'll Never Be the Same, he says that there is hope for children suffering from PTSD. He says treatment can gently guide children to learn new coping strategies and ways to confront the painful memories of their trauma. It can even sometimes help turn a traumatic event into something positive, making a difference in the lives of others. There's also a concept called post-traumatic growth, where people actually grow from these kinds of experiences, as strange as that may sound. But an example may be say, a young woman who has been sexually assaulted. I mean, it's a horrible thing to have happened to her and she'll have symptoms. But she may decide, well, maybe this happened to me for a reason. And she will develop a self-help group for other girls to help them come out and talk about their feelings. So kind of 
turn something bad into something that can help others. You can find out more about all our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net. You'll find archives of our shows there, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. Our production director is Sean Waldron. I'm Nancy Benson. Do you often misplace your keys, forget names, or lose your train of thought? You may be one of over 10 million Americans with undiagnosed MCI, or mild cognitive impairment. The Banner Alzheimer's Institute estimates 65% of MCI patients eventually develop dementia. But the good news, according to Ohio State University neurologist Dr. Douglas Share, is... While there's currently no cure for Alzheimer's disease, the most common type of dementia, the earlier we detect mild cognitive impairment, the better chance we have to treat it and delay progression of the disease. Fortunately, there's now a 15-minute at-home screening test called Brain Test, clinically validated to detect MCI. And for a limited time, you can receive a 30-day free trial to Brain Test by visiting braintest.com. The sooner you screen, the more treatment options available. So don't delay. Again, for your 30-day free trial, visit braintest.com. That's braintest.com. Thank you for listening to Radio Health Journal, a production of MediaTracks Communications. If you enjoyed this week's show, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend. You can find more Radio Health Journal stories about health, science, and technology on iTunes, Stitcher, and at RadioHealthJournal.net.